Merch alert! You asked and we delivered. The Royals of Malibu now has merch. We've got so much to choose from, like Team Easton or Team Reed or Team Isaac hoodies and hats. Some fun items like Do Not Dim My Sparkle t-shirts or Ugly Hot hoodies. Plus, plenty of accessories too, like our Trom mugs, AirPod cases, tote bags, stickers, and more. We'll be sharing new drops, sales, and much more on our socials at the Royals of Malibu, so be sure to follow along. That's at the Royals of Malibu. Check out the merch website at emeraldaudio.myshopify.com. That's emeraldaudio.myshopify.com. Emerald Audio is now an imprint of Diversion Audio, focusing on female-led storytelling. Hey, I'm Chris Caffaro. And I'm Nick Caffaro. We're real-life brothers who play fake-life brothers Reed and Easton Royal on the hit podcast, The Royals of Malibu. On this companion podcast, we'll be doing a deep dive into each episode, giving behind-the-scenes insights, talking to some special guests, and maybe even having some laughs along the way. Welcome to The Royal Boys. We wish you a Merry Chris. We wish you a Merry Chris. We wish you a Merry Chris. And a happy Nick year. Oh, man, you're so out of key. Do we own the rights to that song? We do now. That sucks. We're going to lose money on it. What's up, dude? Nothing much. Episode eight. Can you believe it? I can believe it. I think we start every episode asking whether or not we can believe it. Well, we're in disbelief. I'm not. I believe it. I can believe it. Do I'm a you believer. believe in love and love? And then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. I believe in a thing called love. Hey, you know what? I don't think we should spend much time on the intro today because we have a very special guest. Okay. Well, then why don't we just go ahead and introduce her and talk about this episode? It's a juicy one. That's right. It is. So let's jump in. We've got a great episode, a great guest, and that's it. You'll recognize her from your television. Our guest uh, was the star of a hit show on ABC, one of my favorite shows, The Goldberg. She played Erica Goldberg. She was also the runner-up in last season of The Masked Singer. She is a songwriter, a musician, an actor, and just an all-around wonderful, fun human being. Please welcome to the podcast, Haley Arantia. What's up? (laughs) Hi, guys. Thanks What's for having up? me on. Are you kidding me? Thank you for being here. <laughs> when Chris says um, one of his favorite shows, he actually means that. That's very true. See, that, but I have such a hard time believing that. I don't know why. I, quiz quiz like, me. You're not our typical demographic. Quiz me right really now. Aren't. What was what was uh, Barry's nickname? Big Tasty. You got it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, that one's kind of easy. Yeah, I know. But okay, I loved that show. I So I discovered it in like season three on Hulu. And I went on Twitter. I was so inspired by it. And I was like, I I tweeted, the Goldbergs on ABC is the best show on TV that you're not watching. <laughs> That's very kind. And then, so then like I had 200 followers on Twitter. Then I get a reply from Wendy <laughs> McClendon Covey, who's like the star, one of the stars of the show, yeah. the mom, so funny. And she writes- Groundling, Groundling legend. Groundling legend. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Bridesmaids. Uh, she responded to my tweet and she was like, um, our ratings are actually pretty good, thanks. And I was like, oh no, I've offended her. Like I was not trying <laughs> to offend her at all. Um, and I was like, well- And that's I'm, why Chris has never booked anything. Never worked in Hollywood. He's Aww. been blackballed. Yeah, Wendy said no more Chris up in here. Yeah. No, it's funny because I feel like Twitter is not my – I hated Twitter because I feel like everything's out of context. Like I can't do just written stuff, if that makes sense. Sure. <laughs> I can't read. No. <laughs> <Yes>. You heard <laughs> it here, folks. No, I uh, I feel like it was not my – my humor didn't translate on there either or I just didn't have any. But yeah. I feel like that didn't work for Wendy. I'm sorry. I think she'll still like you though. God, I hope so. She seems like a really sweet person. It's also so sad because that was such an innocent – tweet that you wrote it would yeah not even innocent and it was supportive to be an insult it was it was supportive and then i was like you know what it might have been around the time when we had a lot of like haters because i that might have been when you know adam goldberg the actor yes that's separate from our show uh-huh 
there was a time, I think around then, where there was a very uh, big rivalry on Twitter regarding our creator of the show, Adam F. Goldberg and Adam Goldberg. And mm-hmm. Wendy was coming to bat for the show. And I bet you just got caught in the crosshairs of that. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> wow. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, just tell her I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you want to give us a quick uh, story about how you got involved with that show? That ran for 10 seasons with a hit show on ABC. Oh my God, what a dream. It was kind of, well, it wasn't an accident, but I always feel like it was an accident because I didn't intend to really do acting like this. I wanted to be a singer Mm -hmm. and such a long story, but I just was told by people in the music industry, like, oh, if you want to like kind of jumpstart it, like audition and try to get a show on Disney or something, which is like, oh, let me just go do that. Easy. Just call up Bob Iger. Yeah, g- gave Bob a call. And uh, no, I, I just had an audition come in and I um, I just like clicked with the role. You know, like sometimes you just see it and you're like, oh, I immediately know who this person is. And I just got lucky. I went through the audition process. It was my first screen test ever. And, you know, you book the pilot and you think like, this is fun. Like, hopefully this goes somewhere. I don't think any of us had any idea we were going to go 10 years, but it was such a blast and I'm already like now feeling the like, okay, like wish we were still doing that. Cause it's weird to not be there after a decade, you know? Yeah. Did you, were you in school? When I you was were? 19. So I was just out of high school and I hadn't, I didn't go to college. Do you feel like you grew up on this show or you think you already had done that? Um, I feel like I, I got a lot of out of my high school experience, so I, I don't feel like I missed out on anything there. But as far as like college goes, I definitely like grew up on this show. I didn't have any, I didn't like go to parties and like, you know, live it up like that. So I, the people on our show saw me go through heartbreaks and just life stuff. So I, I feel like they became my family. and. And yeah, 10 years, like long time, long time to be with the same people, like the majority of the year too. But um, yeah, I do feel like I grew up on Goldbergs. I, uh, my favorite part of the Goldbergs was in the early seasons, they would end every show with actual footage or pictures from Adam F. Goldberg's real life that inspired Mm -hmm. that episode. And God, man, such good stuff. That was my favorite part too, because it was it just tied it in and it made it feel so authentic and real. And I, that was a lot of people's favorite parts because it, it connects the audience to like, oh my god, that's what I used to do when I was a kid. And um, I miss that in the later seasons of the show too. Did they just run out? Were they like, were they like, well, that's all we got? <laughs> yeah. No, it's kind of a little more dramatic than that. <gasps> Ooh, um, spill this tea. I, well, it ultimately was just that Adam F. Goldberg had left our show, I believe it was before season seven. And I don't know all the logistics of it, but I just think that there was some agreement that he was not going to continue to send in family videos or something, which sucks because it was such a fun part of the show. But, yeah. you know, that's the business, yeah. baby. Man. Yeah. Kicked out of his own show. <laughs> it's so funny because it's like the holiday seasons right now as we record this and people will go back home and watch home videos and everything. Can you imagine that being displayed to a national audience? (laughs) Well, do you guys have good home videos? Like, do you have, do you guys do that where you as a family watch back anything? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And there's, there's one in particular that I remember our parents like went all out. And this is when like, it was on like a VHS, like a big, like handheld camcorder and they filmed Catching Santa. Catching Santa. And it was like really, really <laughs> well done. Like we set up a, a camera to look at the tree to try to catch Santa on Christmas. And like they, the production value was pretty incredible. That's probably how we got into the business, honestly. They like made footsteps on the roof. And then you like heard like all the bells ringling and you heard like the big boots walking. And then you just like saw a hand reach oh out God. from the doorway and shake its finger no with a black glove and then cover the lens of the camera. It was um, actually kind of scary. So you guys were meant to be in like filmmaking, I feel like, if your family was going to that extent of like convincing you of this. That's really funny. I never thought about that. Yeah, big old Nepo babies. Yes, (laughs) 
big Neville babies. Um, you know what? I also getting back to the Goldbergs real quick. Um, what I connected with is our family makeup is we have an oldest sister, then me, and then Nick. So we are three children. Oh my god! Yeah, with an older sister. And so you, 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 and your character always reminded me of because I was very much the big taste. Yeah. Of <laughs> of our family because like I got to go to high school with my older sister who like looked out for me and like was you know was always so cool and let me come to parties even though I you know shouldn't have been there <laughs> and uh, I had crushes on her friends. Yep. Oh my god! Yes. Storyline. Uh, wow. So you guys are the Goldbergs in a way. I wanted to ask you, so obviously in this podcast, The Royals of Malibu, Chris and I play brothers, and we're brothers in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very interesting to play a scripted version of siblings. What was it like for you to have siblings on the show that were not your real siblings? Also, do you have real siblings? No, I'm an only child. Wow. Oh, wow. And so, so is Troy, who plays Big Tasty. He's also an only child. So we were kind of flying in the dark and we always said from the beginning, we're like, okay, you're like family now. And cause like we literally don't have anything like a sibling. So I don't know how I channeled, but like being the bitchy older sister, but that kind of became my thing. <laughs> so I don't know, You did um, great. but it was made relatively easy, I guess. Um, no, the writing was just great on the show. And I just, playing up the irritated angsty team was kind of easy I guess (laughs) so I don't know but I I had a blast and like they were absolutely the best like tv siblings ever because they're both so easygoing and like oh my god Sean Jambroni who plays Adam is still like to me 13 years old because he's just so cute but he's like a grown man now (laughs) so I have to stop doing that to him but you know he's always going to be your like sibling I mean do you guys feel that way for, for sure. And like you always sort of revert to the roles that you are, quote unquote, assigned, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, my sister is very maternal, especially with Nick. I think she sees me the way that you just described seeing. Yeah. With, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what I love about also so not to keep slobbering all over Goldberg's, but, um, <laughs> you know, so many shows depict siblings in this like weird, almost like romantically sexual way on tv where they're like too touchy ross and monica ross and monica yeah and like seventh heaven oh yeah like it's like they're like rubbing each other's backs and like you guys were like always fighting like you're gross get the fuck out of here and i was like (laughs) that is what siblings are like nick should we uh, get into the episode because i have so many more questions but i'm gonna weave them in yeah let's do it episode eight the other boyfriend drama from the top kind of spicy yeah so this um episode really expands a little love triangle between ella reed and isaac who popped up at the end of the last episode um he was ella's boyfriend in san francisco reed had no idea who he was and he shows up at the royal mansion and it's time for ella to make a decision between the guys but it's also exam day so she's stressed. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Haley, uh, what are your initial uh, thoughts on this episode? Just generally. I don't want to isolate myself from your audience, but you know, when I was a teenager, I read books that were, had similar kinds of drama. And I feel like at the time I really understood the character and 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 connected, but as I got older, I'm like, I think this girl needs some therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling like we're making some bad decisions. Mm. And maybe that's the point, you know? But as I get into my 30s, I'm like, man, there's a lot of drama here. And and I feel like she's kind of putting it on herself. Like, why didn't she break up with Isaac Breyer? Like, now she's got herself into this little conundrum. Not to mention, she's got all the romantic stuff going on between the two brothers i feel like there's just a a good therapy sesh might be able to help out here yeah (laughs) that's my initial take i totally agree well it's funny what's funny about this episode is this is really the first time in the series that the tables turn because up until now ella's been very critical of reed for like not saying how he feels and not telling the full truth and now it's like, well, wait a second, girly. Like, you got this secret boyfriend in San Francisco. You've got 
a boyfriend here. Um, so the tables sort of turn on Ella and she makes some interesting decisions. And also, I totally agree with you. She needs therapy. I think every single character on this show and every person really. Could Everyone yep. should go to therapy. And this is why this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Um, yeah. But it's funny because Ella does kind of have a therapist, um, but it's her old boss at a barista bar, um, cafe, treasure, was it? Treasure Cafe? I don't yeah. I think that's it. It's her old boss, Lucy, is really the one that acts as her therapist. And that's how we open the episode. They're, they're having a heart to heart. And Lucy, uh, she has some funny lines in this. She's like, you're the coolest teenager I've ever met. And I literally hate teenagers. But the big thing that she says is, um, is Reed holding you back or is he helping you? You have such a promising future. And that kind of becomes the big theme of this episode. So I think you're spot on with she needs therapy. I just not sure she's going <laughs> to the right place to get it. <laughs> No, no. She's going to a bunch of boys, which, hey, I get it. I probably would have done the same back in high school. Or maybe I did. I don't remember. Well, there's a question, Haley. Were you ever involved with the love triangle? Yes. Really? (laughs) I I feel like a few times, probably. I I loved boys when I was in high school. And... Yeah, I feel like you're trying to figure out who you are and, like, what you like or what you don't like. That's why as I get older, I'm like, therapy could have been used back then. We could have made some better decisions. But you know what? High school might be meant for that. Yeah. And I think college too, but whatever. Good. The only love triangles I was in were like triangles. They were not triangles. They were straight lines with me on the outside being like, I like you too. (laughs) Like there was never, no one was ever like, Mm, Chris or the other guy who went through puberty already. <laughs> like it was a- Wait, so what were you guys like in high school? Oof. Well, yeah, give me the summary. Okay, I'll give you a summary. Here's all you need to know. My sophomore year of high school, I wrestled in a tournament where I weighed in at 96 pounds. Wow. I was a tiny little boy. I was in the marching band, I was on the wrestling team, and I was in the drama club. So Wow. No love triangles. Uh, I was six foot five, star of the basketball (laughs) team. No, I was a little taller, uh, but I had some baby fat for sure. Some nice braces. Um, I did a lot of the same things. I played baseball, though, and then I was in the musical. Um, Yeah, not a lot of love triangles for me either. No way. Senior year. I senior year was when I like sort of started to like hit my stride and like grow a little bit and like, you know. Um, but no, no, no one was ever interested in me. And also it's funny because you grow up in your formative years, like you have an image of yourself as being like that's who you are. So you know, in my mm-hmm. mind, I'll always be like the nerdy kid with braces and spiky hair who's shorter than everybody, who like you know, all the girls that he has a crush on don't pay any attention to. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. But look at you guys now. You have high school girls fawning over your vocals every day. I know. Well, and you know what? (laughs) To my high school friends, it gets better. It gets better. And then it gets worse pretty quickly thereafter. But it does get better. (laughs) Yeah. Gets better. And then right after college, it's all downhill. Yeah. True that. Um, What about you? What is your... Is Erica Goldberg similar to how you were in high school? Oh, no. I, like, I, I I mean, Erica Goldberg on the show had, like, middle school her that was, like, super nerdy with braces and, like, frizzy hair and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was for sure me in middle school. But by high school, I didn't, I didn't do Erica Goldberg and get cool. I was super – I wanted to be, like – scene like like s-c-e-n-e like like a like warp tour Uh that kind of stuff i loved the skater boys and so i had this like a-line haircut which is now known as the karen oh Oh, wow (laughs) i literally had an a-line haircut i wore bright colored skinny jeans and like graphic tees from hot topic and uh was just I wasn't in any like thing in high school, but I was already starting to do music. So I would perform at like the festivals around town and get made fun of all of the time because oh, no. I was putting out music, but it's like, you know, kind of cringy 
music about like losing your best friend. <laughs> so people were like, that's that girl that sings or whatever. Yeah, and but, uh, uh, yeah, that I wasn't invited to parties. Like I was not. They gonna... make fun of you for losing your best friend. Well, no, <laughs> not as no, they would like, they Freak. would make fun of the songs that I put out. <laughs> like I put out songs that were lame. That's such bullshit. Yeah, I went to a big high school though too, so it was very hard to. I I think that in high school, like if you're getting made fun of, you're doing something right because kids make fun of like people who have talent and skill. I think that is true for when we went to school, and I <laughs> think it has changed. I hope it has changed, <laughs> but um, from what I've seen, this new generation is much more open to that, and in fact, that's the cool stuff now. And now it's like, oh. You're yes. getting recruited to play football mm. in college, loser. Well, also, just here's a little fun factoid. So <laughs> this was actually middle school, but I was diagnosed with slight scoliosis, like mild scoliosis. And so... <laughs> Stop bragging. I know, I know. Well, listen. And so I had to... The, the doctor prescribed me a rolling backpack because having like the heavy backpack on your back could like, affect <laughs> how you grow. Um, and so I had to have a wheeling backpack, like a fucking airline pilot, but it was so thick that it didn't fit into the lockers in middle school. So I had a permanent laminated pass to the nurse's office where I kept my backpack and all my books. So I would have to leave a couple minutes before the end of class with my little rolling backpack and crooked spine to go get my fucking book from the nurse's <laughs> office. So no, I was not cool in school. Oh my God. That's really funny. And I never would have known that you guys were so lame when you were younger. <laughs> yeah. I also had a special pass to the, to the nurse's office for, uh, cause I had Lyme's disease. And in the middle of every day, I had to go there and take a nap because I got tired. Wait, what? <laughs> I didn't know you yeah. got nap pass. Yeah, I got a nap pass. I got to go to the nurse's office. It was a scheduled time every day, and I got to take a nap. You got so tired. <laughs> you got you got to take. How long were your naps? Did she like have a time that she's like, okay, Nick, it's time. I to think go. they were like thirty minutes. Yeah, it was wonderful. What? I bet it was. I want Lyme's disease. <laughs> I don't know if it's still with me, but I'm still a big napper. Oh, uh, Nick, you should use that now. You should, you should like still use that as an excuse to be like, "Hey, guys, I'm so sorry. I gotta take a nap. I gotta take a nap." Here's a note from the nurse at Brian McMahon High School. <laughs> oh man, that is very wild. Well, so what you're saying ultimately is that you guys would not necessarily compare yourselves like you don't think you're that similar to your actual characters from high school at least not at all no not really i would also say that chris is more similar to um easton the role i play and i'm more similar to reed in really? terms of disposition yeah, yeah i'm more like the goofy silly like kind of troublemaker kind of guy um and nick was uh, nick was more of the intense you know student sports nap guy <laughs> so they called me napa valley because <laughs> because you just drank wine oh and took God. naps yeah me and the nurse would share a bottle of chianti <laughs> oh, they don't make that in, in napa but <laughs> that is illegal also oh. exclusively chianti tuscany so okay then what about was it college that that you guys kind of came into your your um easton and reed roles <laughs> I was in an acapella group in, in college, and luckily, um, at that point, singing was not frowned upon. I, mean, I don't think it was ever frowned upon, but it was. It went well. It was. It was fun. It was a great way to meet people and get in front of people. Um, I don't think we were made fun of. Maybe we were behind our backs. But <laughs> yeah, I'm also like still shocked that you would be made fun of. You, I've heard you sing. You're you're have an incredible voice. Yes. So to all Thank those you. kids out there at your massive school in Texas that were making fun of you, see me after the pod. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> to all the kids who are being made fun of for following their talent and their passion, fuck the haters. Keep going because you know what? Someday you'll starve <laughs> as you chase your dream. But On it's worth Royal it. the Royal Boys podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
But anyways, it's a very stressful day. She has a lot of exams going on, and that's what most of this episode is, is her running a, running a, around school, getting ready for these exams. And I think a really sweet moment is when Val drives her to the exams and has all these snacks for her. She got turmeric shots, almonds, peppermint candies to keep her focused and, and ready uh, for the exam day. Did you guys have any exam rituals or, no. or meals that you would know? Absolutely not. I, I was just winging it. Just trying to get out of there. <laughs> and you did it. Congrats. Did it. And I did it, guys. You, you graduated from high school and then spent the next 10 years of your life in high school on television. Literally. Yeah. I like didn't need any more. I remember anytime I had an exam, my mom would make a protein shake in the morning. And then separately, I remember when I took the SATs, I took it a few times. Every time I finished, the my mom would get me an ice cream cake. From Carvel. Cake? Yep. One of the football <laughs> ones with the crunchies on the outside. I, I didn't get shit. Yeah, this is like the classic middle kid gets nothing and then the baby is just overly baby. Nothing. I didn't get rewarded for taking the SAT with a cake. <laughs> That's some bullshit. Well, you didn't have Lyme's disease. That's true. Right? Oh, is that <laughs> she should have gotten you a key lime spy? Oh, <laughs> Malibu. Oh. That's terrible, Chris. Uh, oh, that was funny. <laughs> uh, Nick, you were a pretty good student in high school, weren't you? Yeah, I was I was pretty good. I uh graduated second in my class. That's Ooh. probably why she got me the cake because I took things so seriously. Were you a good student, Haley? I was. I was I mostly had A's and some B's, but I was a pretty good kid. And um what my attendance wasn't great because I was coming out to LA a lot to audition. Um, which eventually my senior year, my school, I don't know if you would call it kicked me out, but technically they said I wasn't allowed to go to school there anymore because I was missing so many days. Um, and so I had to take online high school for my senior year, which sucked. Whoa. I don't recommend. But that's funny, <laughs> Haley, because that's very similar to Ella's experience. She took online classes to get through high school before she was put into the Cove Academy. So look at that. Wow. Well, she was also online doing some other things as well. Oh, that's right. Oh. <laughs> so I, I'm curious. I don't know. It's a different time. Here's my thing. Are there high school cam girls? Well, I th- I don't know from personal experience. I can tell you that. <laughs> okay. I maybe put you guys in a bad corner. No, I, I mean, but. but no, I, I don't know either. But I would imagine there are some legal uh, uh, barriers, I would hope for men and women of a think? certain age to be able to do that. Um, but I, well, there are, because in the first season, I mean, that's what, like a big thing is Ella's trying to hide her age from her employer. Oh, right. 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 Yeah. She has her mom's fake ID. She has her mom's ID and she uses that as her ID. And I'll remember, I'll never forget that because it's her mom is born the same year I am in real life. And I was, and like they said it, and I wanted to just throw myself off a bridge. (laughs) Okay, but here's a here's something that I can relate to because uh, right before her tests, Reed shows up, your boy with a big ass bouquet of flowers, saying, "Hey, good luck, girly. I love you." Oh, that's thoughtful, isn't it? Has anybody ever showed up with flowers for you, Haley, or a big gesture like that in high school that might have embarrassed you, but was meant to be a loving gesture? I feel like maybe i also don't like big public displays like that though so i would have been very embarrassed mm-hmm. if that happened. Mm-hmm. but i don't like recall a specific one were you like that though chris you would show would you show up i'm a i am a romantic at heart but again like i didn't have any like i, I didn't really have anyone to express it to i didn't have any girlfriends in high school right. like official girlfriends because of the scoliosis because of, yeah. of the wobbly spines but we used to do like Grand gestures to ask people like to prom and stuff. I remember doing that. Oh yeah, promposals. That was certainly a thing. Like I left a big collection of balloons outside of the girl I took to prom's house, and like inside of them, I wrote little notes. Like, will you go to prom with me? On separate pieces of paper, she had to pop all the balloons. That's so. Cute. It, so it was sweet. weird because like I watched her do it, and it like took a while because you pop all the balloons, you put the message together, and then she was like, "No." <laughs> she did not say no. You're lying. No, she didn't. We went to prom together. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that. Oh, that's aggressive. Haley, how did you get asked to prom? Or did you go to prom because you were doing online courses? Did you do online prom? <laughs> Honestly, it probably would have been better. 
Um, no, I I actually did the asking now that I think about Ooh. it. So Sadie Hawkins. My junior year, I had been dating someone and then we just broke up. But it was right when I had been leaving. So I wasn't technically like invited by our high school to go to prom. So I needed to get someone to bring me. So I had to like tuck my tail between my legs and beg my ex <laughs> to bring me. Um, and so we ended up like not even, I think, hanging out that night at all, but like, at least I got to go. And then my senior year, I was no longer at the high school at all. And I had just done X factor and I was seeing a, a boy from, uh, the show on X factor, <gasps> but he lived in California. So I got my friends to in one invited me and one invited him, but we technically went together. Oh, so we cheated the system. That's so cute. Is this person... That was on the show. You said, yeah. It, it, he, he and his brother had like a um, podcast, like a band together. The two of them. Oh, no. oh. <laughs> I'll kill him. Yes. It, <laughs> no, it was. Uh, he lived in California, and, and it was fun and all. But that even that prom kind of sucked. So you build it up so much in your mind when you're in high school. Yeah, and then it happens, yes. and you're like, oh. But did you guys have a good prom? I did. I yeah, it was fun. So I was my I was class president and so I had like a lot of responsibilities to do at prom. Like I had to like oh. help with the decorations and like the setup and the breakdown and so it wasn't the same as like just showing up, you know, and having a good time yeah. and leaving. I felt sort of like I was running around helping and I was the same. It, it, there was like a hosting element to it. I remember I gave a speech. Speech? Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> Did, everyone's like, sit the fuck down. We want to dance speech. to Nelly. We don't want to hear you. What were you? What did you say? What could you possibly have said in your address to the? I think I, I think I did the Gettysburg Address verbatim. <laughs> and then they assassinated you in a theater. Yeah, and then I won prom king. It probably looked no, you did very staged. It for sure. They're like you cheated the whole wait, thing. Wait, wait, wait. Wow, you gave a speech prior to being named prom king. Yes. And then what happened? <laughs> so then you get named prom king and then you you were like... I go to the nurse's office and take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Wait, I'm learning. You guys are really like more overachievers than I thought you were. I, th- I thought you were going to be like, you guys are a bunch of lemons. Like, just <laughs> all these diseases and terrible physiques. Yeah. I no, know. I, I can. No I can offense, already but... hear our parents' response to this episode. Yeah, they are not going to be happy. <laughs> well, I figured you guys were more class clowns and stuff, but now I'm learning you were like the the whole thing. <laughs> what? A, a little bit. You know what I mean? The whole thing. You heard it here first, folks. The whole. <laughs> we thing. are the whole thing. <laughs> something that Chris could relate to more than um, he can to bringing flowers in is in this episode when Ella is supposed to be taking her test, Savannah is supposed to be her proctor and she um, is pissed at Ella because she kissed Easton. So she like ditches her and leaves her on her own. Ella doesn't know where to find all these classes. And as uh, a way of helping her, Easton gets her exam schedule by flirting with a woman at the front office and I feel like that is what Chris would do. I remember like him and my sister were late to school almost every single day, but they like got special privileges and didn't get in trouble because, right? You were like charming to the front office okay, woman. First of all, that is so you. Flirting is um, not the right word because that implies <laughs> some sexual tension. But you are right. Yeah, I was definitely a kiss ass teacher's pet kind of guy. And like, did have a good rapport with the women in the office. And so like they would, you know, turn an eye or. And Nick, you did with the nurse staff, right? Like you, you really got I did. And the lunch ladies, big, big in with the lunch ladies. Shout out to them. (laughs) I mean, that's how you get by in high school. That's, that's the trick. It seems is you need to just befriend the staff. Yes. The administration. I was so close with the head chef of the cafeteria, Mr. Ed Cogswell that he 
<laughs> he would like check in with me senior year to be like, hey, this is the menu we were thinking. What days are you going to be at lunch? Like, does this work for you? And would like ask me if, what? when he wanted like, because yeah. he made his really good shepherd's pie. And I'd be like, can you, I don't, I'm not at lunch on B days. Can you only make them on D days? And he would like, he would cater, pun intended, his schedule to my schedule. And then <laughs> he he said I was like the son he never had. He literally said that to me. And the weird thing was he had three yeah, sons. Had three, <laughs> three sons of his own. What in the world? No, that part's not true, but wow. Um, yeah. Chris, when you get married, he has to be your caterer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, just shepherd's pie. Just shepherd's pie for everyone. <laughs> Speaking of, Haley, you just got married. Woo! I did. I did the Congratulations. Thing. Congratulations. How, it looked beautiful. I saw pictures. Thanks. Thank you. Did they do a spread for you on People's Magazine? They did. It's just People. Well, not a spread people in the magazine. magazine. There was a little, just People. One per, one thing of People. Yeah. I, I like to think about all of them, though. <laughs> That's fair. It was one little blurb in the magazine, but on the digital, they did talk about it a bit, which was really cool. That's it so gorgeous. Cool. Where was the wedding? Was it in Malibu? It was in Malibu, which, what? how amazing. Oh the Royals should have been goodness. there. I know. How? What's your connection what with Malibu? What a missed opportunity. If I had known you guys just a hair earlier and you guys would have come to the wedding, that would have been a perfect like content creation we moment. could have done a let's live just do it recording. again let's recreate <laughs> um what's your connection with malibu we don't really have one and to be honest like malibu feels very pretentious in a lot of ways that's i feel like it's not greg and i in many ways i never pictured myself getting married in malibu but there was mm-hmm. one weekend where greg and i had like a, a coupon or so, i don't even know what you would call it to stay at the calamigos guest ranch hotel and so we we're like, oh, let's do a little weekend getaway and do two nights or whatever. And um, we put our phones like in the safe and like didn't touch phones at all and just like got to hang out and wander around the property and eat dinner and like just had a really good time without the internet for once. And so it was very memorable because I feel like I'm constantly on my phone. And so we always reference like what a great weekend that was. And so when we, got engaged and we're looking for a place to get married we were like why don't we go look at this spot because they had they have four or five venues at that property so it just kind of like worked itself out we looked at other places but it was just kind of a special like memory for us and um everything was just kind of already up there so it's nice so malibu is a very special place for you now yeah i guess forever it will be you are a royal of Malibu. You are. And you had a you had a royal wedding <laughs> a, in Malibu. I did I I feel it didn't feel so royal. Oh it looked but no, royal. I, I actually it was a blast. There was it was a there blast. was carnival rides yeah. and a and a silent disco and a cool car. <laughs> Pizza Hut. Yeah. Pizza Hut. Gotta shout out Pizza Hut. No one out pizza's alive. No one, not a single no fucking one. person. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, it looked amazing. It was. Would you guys, you have to get married in Malibu now that you guys are uh, Malibu associated? Well, we'd first have to get married. Nick is so um, far away that's from finding love. A little bit of a speed bump. <gasps> Wait, would you be the next bachelor? I would be so bad at it because we'd all be around the pool and I wouldn't take my shirt off and I'd be like <laughs> FaceTiming my mom and nephew and niece. <laughs> And but that would be probably the best bachelor we've had is someone who's actually sweet and wholesome. Doesn't talk to the girls. <laughs> yeah. No, but <laughs> Nick would hold on. My nephew, my nephew's FaceTiming me. Hold on. <laughs> In many ways, this episode of the Royals of Malibu is kind of like a bachelor episode. I mean, you got Ella with the final rose. Is she going to give it to Reed or, or Isaac? You know, that transition is mm-hmm. so dog shit. And I hate it. And I hate that was pretty good. I think it was great. I think it was pretty good. Chris, you're just jealous. I am jealous. I don't have it. Thank you, Haley. (laughs) But Haley, so who would you choose um, at that age? You're in high school. You got the, you know, messy, everything's kind of hard uh, relationship with Reed or the stability and safety of Isaac. Who are you choosing? Well, is Isaac still living in San Francisco or is he local now? Good question. That's a good point. He's visiting locally for a Do month. Do we know? But he still lives in, 
in the Bay Area. She's still got some time. So she's not running off to college with Isaac anytime soon. So honestly, as cute as Isaac may be, I'd, I'd go with a read because it, you shouldn't do long distance in high school. I did that and it's not worth it. Yeah, long, wow. long distance in high school is tough. That is the correct answer. Ding, 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 ding. Wait, what What long distance did you do in high school? Was your um, significant other in college or just lived in a different prison? He was in prison. He was in prison. No. Um, this is such a weird story. Um, there was a, uh, I was putting out music and there was like an online competition for something to perform at the North Texas State Fair or something if enough people voted for you. And some guy who lived in Kansas, who was on the wrestling team, um, at some he was probably like three years older. It's such a weird story. So he he messaged me and had voted for me on this thing, I guess. And so we would been messaging over like MySpace or something. Old man alarm. That is, a, no! that is an old man alarm. MySpace. MySpace is an old man, is an alarm. old man alarm. You're so fucking old. Oh my god. Sorry. I am old. It makes sense. No, ultimately he he we dated like lo- dated if you will long distance, and he came to surprise me in Texas to finally like meet me, and oh, he wow. got appendicitis and had to go to the hospital to get an appendectomy, <laughs> and I met him in the hospital room for the <laughs> that first is so time. Funny, that is incredible. <laughs> it, it was bizarre, and we've only been in person together two times ever, and then and then his colon exploded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and in the bed next to him was me taking a Lyme disease nap <laughs> and that's how we became friends oh my goodness how long were you in this relationship with this man till the surgery ended it was on and off for a year or two at least but that's kind of where I think my thruple I don't know if it would be a thruple thing or if I just was indecisive but there was a guy in in my high school that I, I dated for the longest point in high school and um he was physically there, but there was always kind of like this thing that I was like, but I'm dating this guy from Kansas. And then it was weird. I don't consider that a, a throuple thing. I think you're in high school. You're young. You're not married. No one's getting hurt. Just like no one's getting hurt. A guy had to go to surgery. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. What defines a throuple exactly? So a throuple. You're asking the wrong guy. A throuple, as I understand it, is a three-person <laughs> couple versus a love triangle, which is like conflicting, you know, uh, lovers. Oh, well, then we should make sure that we edit the earlier session to acknowledge that I've not been in a throuple then. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. You heard it here. For sure, not that. Yeah, long distance relationships, that's tough. That is tough. Um especially when they don't have a functioning spleen. Right. That's mono. Oh, You're thinking Lord. of mono, Nick. How many diseases do you have? <laughs> spleen is mono. She said ap- appendectomy. Let me explain myself. <laughs> I was trying to say explain myself. <laughs> that's good. Um we're, real quick, so there's this test taking montage where Ella has to take six exams in one day, which is just crazy. And then she has her final, like, final exam with, with principal. I had a great transition for this. All right, go. I don't know why you stepped in that. Go ahead. What was it? Go ahead. Speaking of long distance relationships, Ella and Reed are about to be in a long distance relationship because Reed is going to Princeton next year, and Ella, for the first time, is about to apply to colleges like Princeton. Chris, continue what you were doing. What the fuck was that? You stopped me to do that. (laughs) That was the worst. <laughs> He's really reaching there. I like I'd already done it and he was like, "No, no, no, let me do it. Let me do it." <laughs> so, she gets to principal Beringer. Beringer's like, "You have one more exam." And Ella's like, "I already took all the exam." And she's like, "No, I want to help you apply uh for colleges and and I want you to write these essays." Which is a very sweet moment because she's like seeing and believing in Ella in a way that no one has yet. But also all I could think was like, seriously, Behringer today, you're going to make me write these today. I just took six exams. Can we do this tomorrow? Yeah, I get that. But, but she also said like, this will be the first draft. I think it's a sweet moment. And I think you're being overly critical. No, that's like after someone finishes a marathon being like, Hey, can you just like run up that hill for me? That was a terrible analogy, but whatever. (laughs) 
Did she do it? Yeah, well, she did. And uh, actually, this is, do you want to talk about transitions? This is queuing up a question for our very special guest. So Ella says that writing for her, uh, writing about herself is the most challenging thing she had done that day of all the exams. Like she had to write about herself and her own feelings and experiences. And Haley, as a musical artist who writes her own music, um, strong, what is it? Strong, strong, soft, and Southern. Uh, Oh, don't bring it up. Okay. How dare you? That's a good song. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, No, but as it, it? as a songwriter and as an artist, uh, what are your experiences with writing about yourself? It like, is it cathartic? Is it tough? Do you like, why do you love it? Oh, I love it. Um, it is very cathartic. I think, especially having been on a show for 10 years where you're like playing someone else's story, it's, it was very like important for me to have something where I could express like all the things I was going through and music was always that for me. So I find it very easy to write about myself. Um, and also like friends, like, so lately as I've been working on this new EP, I've been kind of pulling from like a lot of my friends' experiences and relationships as well. Because now that I'm married, life there's not not a lot of relationship drama. In my, <laughs> thankfully, yeah, that's thankfully. great. But um, but I also I love writing about love and relationships and breakups. Like that's kind of my thing. And so I've been pulling a lot from like close friends and their situations. But you, you're welcome to pull from any of my situations. <laughs> it's gonna be a very special song. Haven't been late in <laughs> nine months. I'm a loser, <laughs> fucking boy. We have the rights to that song. We do now. Put it on the EP, Haley. I will. Featuring. When did you start writing music? Oh my god. Technically, I wrote my first song on the playground with my mother friend named Haley, and we were making up songs. We had a band called, I think it was H Two O. Oh, <laughs> nice. So wet. And uh, I mean, we were literally elementary school, and we we just were. I don't even know what it was about. But then, by the time I was taking it seriously, I was probably like fourteen. And I was like taking songwriting classes and trying to write, but you know, you got some, you know, there's some good ones in there and there's some really bad ones in there. So it's, it's a mixed well, bag. Well, sure. But that's the, the only way you get good is by being bad for a long time first. Just watch that's true. anything I've done up until this point in my life. <laughs> oh no, even inc- don't, don't sell yourself short, even including this point. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Haley, what's the, what's your favorite thing you've ever written? Um, there's a few songs on that last EP that I put out, which was, gosh, a few years ago now. Um, but my song, If I Don't, really was like a special moment. Um, this is for a whole other podcast, but I had a crazy situation with a breakup that was very abnormal and was kind of taken advantage of by my boyfriend uh, financially, cheated, all these other things. So I like oh, no. therapy for me was writing this EP and like getting it out. So that song. I kind of each song is based on a different stage of sort of grief I went through. And that song particularly was about um, denial and that kind of phase of like, no, I'm like, that can't be what's really going on. And so that I just remember being in the studio that day and writing with um, these two people that are fantastic writers. And I was just like a moment where you're like, oh, I think this is going to be like a a magical one for me. And it kind of was so. Yeah, that's awesome, and you can listen to it right now on Spotify if you want. You can if I do. It's there, waiting. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> if great. I don't, if I don't, if you do, if okay, if you yeah. don't listen to, if I don't, then we're gonna have some problems. <laughs> no, you you are uh, really an an incredibly impressive singer and vocalist and songwriter. So thank you. I know you got some pipes on you too because when we were doing that short film recently or that video i heard you singing as well sir oh my gosh <laughs> nick nick she was talking about me uh, right. oh, oh my Christy, you gosh oh i don't know you tell me okay so the third act of this episode we see uh, Ella has a conversation with both isaac and reed and they both take the same sort of tact which is they encourage her to explore both relationships and make a decision. And they're both super chill and accommodating about it. They're like, yeah, like, you know, go on a date with him, see what happens, like, and then make your choice. But I'm confident it'll be me. And uh, maybe I'm not emotionally mature enough, uh, but (laughs) I can't picture myself in real life being like, 
yeah, date multiple people and just let me know when you're ready. Yeah, I, I would love just a sip of that confidence. Yeah, that's a that's a lot. I mean, I think that would make sense to me if it was like a very new relationship, like very new to be like, oh, I'm kind of seeing what's around. But if you're like actively dating two people for that long, I can't imagine they would be like, yeah, sure. Like, I'll catch you on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially Isaac, who's like, this girl clearly ghosted you, bro. Like, she moved away from town. She went back home. She hasn't called you. She's hooking up with the guy that she's living with. And you just show up and are like, hey, it's still me, right? It's like, no, bro, read the room. Go home. It's not you. Read Royal the room. Nice. And how long has she now been in Malibu for her to not be talking to him for that long, but still be a boyfriend. She's been gone for a minute, right? I think it's been like a month since she's spoken to Isaac. Yeah. And he's like, I forgive you. I get it. Your life's complicated. Honestly, I'm just relieved that you're safe and living in a mansion. It's like, bruh. I mean, better. Little Mr. Naive. Better man than I am, I guess. But also like. Better man than I am as well. But but is that. Or maybe he's a loser. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's like I mean it tells you everything you need to know that like after her conversation with Isaac, they exchange a hug, actually two hugs. And then after her exchange with Reed, they start hooking up. Yeah. There was also some moment I, I listened to one episode there's something happening on a boat. Oh yeah. Um, in season one, uh Ella ties Reed up. The confidence to be on the yacht where the dad is mm. and be like, let's go tie you up with some rope downstairs yeah i can't that's that's a that's a very confident high school girl that's so true um i have a question for you Haley. as a young woman what is more of an attractive take to you from a guy that you're seeing is it hey i know you're interested in other people to like take your time to explore what you need and i'll be here waiting or hey i'm fucking great and it's now or never you're going to lose an opportunity to be with me. Honestly, the older I get, I feel like I I would probably respect more the person that's like, I'm going to dip out if you're not into this. Cause like, that's how it should be. Um, I can't speak for high school, Haley. I don't know what she would have done. <laughs> Lord knows. But uh, no, I definitely think now it would be more of a respectable thing to be like, yeah, it's not it's reasonable to expect both of these people to like wait around for you to figure it out or never figure it out. And just, you know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think as, as you get older, the games become less interesting. You just want somebody that's straightforward. You don't have time to waste. Yeah. Typically, I feel like when you have a woman that's very headstrong and forward, like they tend to like men that are also that because they need someone to balance it out, right? Like to... Not controlling, that's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Right. And I feel like someone who can be passive like Isaac, it would be not as attractive if you're someone like Ella who's very like knows what she wants and I don't know. But it seems like she's kind of into the sensitive nature. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, I just think her she's had such a chaotic life that the idea of stability kind of is nice to her, but But that but is that stability having to decide between two dudes? True. No, I, I'm saying Isaac represents stability, mm, and that's what's attractive right. to her. I see. But she's more attractive to read, which is unfortunate for me as a listener, because that means I have to listen once again to you get steamy. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, what's that like? <laughs> like I'm so that... glad you asked. We, we have talked about, <laughs> we do talk about it quite often, because it, it doesn't get any yeah. easier for me to listen to. Um, and of course it, it comes up again at the end of this episode, but also there was a, uh, we got a question this week on Spotify from SAS 92, who said, were there any particular episodes or scenes that were hard to record together? And we do talk about this in episode six and a recap of that. There is a fight between, um, Chris and I, that was tough to record, but I will say the hardest thing is listening to you be intimate is definitely it's just like not something that you if you have siblings i'm sure you understand it's not something that you really want to hear or need to hear and now that we're doing a companion podcast and in preparation for all of these i i have to re-listen it's just never ending of him being like yeah ooh, and um it's not Haley. it's not fun i can imagine 
I will say I, I literally like clutched my pearls when I was listening to certain episodes. I was like, how am I supposed to look at these people later? And be like, I heard that. I heard all of that. I take that as a very high compliment because if you guys were like giggling at it, I'd be like, I didn't do it. Didn't do it well. Fair. So I didn't do it right. So this episode ends and Haley just alluded to it with Ella and Reed making smoochies. And then their dad comes in and catches them, which is my absolute nightmare. Haley, has this ever happened to you? How dare you ask me this? I have to, I have to ask. Because <laughs> now my parents are going to hear this. Hi. Oh, are they listening? Yeah. Hi. <laughs> you did a great, they you did a great job. You raised a wonderful daughter. <laughs> um, yeah. I got, I got, I was making out and I got caught for sure. And yeah. What happened? <laughs> I, I, eh, you know, they joined I was, in. My parents were, <laughs> Yo, that's vile. <laughs> that's vile. Horrible. Um, no, I, I think it was a, a a witnessing and then a Haley, can I speak to you in the hallway kind uh, of thing. And then I was like reprimanded for that. And this was so. this was at the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> you may not kiss the bride. Yes. Not today. Um, no, but it's always mortifying because it's like, I don't know, that's just horrible. Haley, your parents' reaction was very similar to Callum's reaction in the episode. He's just like, um, I need to speak to you in the hallway. Is this his first time realizing that like you guys are hooking up? Yeah. Which is wild. Like that's a big yeah, one. Again, like I guess, you know, Ka- yeah. Callum gets knocked for not being around and being, you know, sort of oblivious, but like it's pretty obvious that you have two smoking hot sons and a smoking hot girl comes to live with you. Like, what do you think is going to happen? And we're well into season two. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like stuff's happened. And like yeah. now we're, now we're figuring this out. Yeah. Okay. Callum should be aware of where we are in the season. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but it sets up a, I mean, this is a big thing. Cause like this threatens Ella's ability to stay in Malibu at their house. This threatens, you know, Reed's relationship with his dad. So like, this is a big cliffhanger. We don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know how they're going to handle it. We don't know what, uh, yeah. you know, this could be like a Capulet Montague situation where they're like kept apart. It's also interesting though, how she spins it. She's saying like, they're, always seems to be something in the way of me and Reed. And she almost sees it as a sign. Like maybe it's for the best that we aren't together, which I could relate to. I see everything as like a sign. I saw the sign. And it opened up your eyes. He saw the sign. I saw the sign. (laughs) Do we own the rights to that? Yeah. We do now. I mean, that's like a, that's a good, I feel like, you know, when fate steps in, it's an indicator that maybe, Maybe that's not what it's supposed to be. But that then again, you look at Isaac and you go, fate was, what, a million miles away? Yeah. You yeah. didn't pick up on that one. Well, Nick. Yep. I think we should do, uh, I think we should do some royal decrees. I think so, too. Hear ye, hear ye. A royal decree. All right, I'll go first. I've been watching a lot of holiday movies because tis the season. And this is something I've declared for a very long time, but I will decree it again. Jim Carrey should have won an Oscar for his portrayal as the Grinch in How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It's one of the great performances of all time. He had to do it with tons of makeup on so much that he like had to have a a torture therapist by his side when he was in the makeup chair for 10 hours. And he gave one of the greatest, most heartwarming and hilarious performances ever. And he should have at least been nominated, but he should have won. I forget who won that year. It was like... Daniel Day-Lewis or some bullshit. No argument for me. I totally agree. It is, it is an incredible yeah. performance. Thank you. I agree. All right, Nick, what's yours? I decree that you wash your sheets at least once a week. That's a good amount. And if you're listening to me, they're like, of course. No. Like, you should. Yes. What are you, you don't think so? What are you doing to your sheets that you need? It's well, not about Look, doing if so- the man hasn't been on a date in a long time, Chris. <laughs> What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. 
But no, it's just <laughs> nice. There's no better feeling than getting into a bed with clean sheets, even if they're like not like dirty. Like also, like your body like releases dead skin and germs and stuff on your sheets. You should, no matter what you do, even if you just go in there and sleep, like you should wash your sheets. You Haley, how often do you wash your bed sheets? I think like every two weeks. That's a normal. I think that's fair. I don't think so. I think that's. Um... Let me ask you a question, Nick. Are you a sweaty boy at night? No. Nope. Really? I just like I the feeling of like, clean sheets. You... I like the smell in in the feel of a fresh clean sheet, and I think you would too. And that's why I'm saying you should do it more often, or at least have like a two two pairs. I only have one pair of sheets because I like them, so I just wash them a lot. And I love doing laundry. I know that's weird, but I love doing laundry. There's something very therapeutic about. Will you please come do mine? Because this sucks right now. I'm not into it. <laughs> yeah, do mine too. Do you have in-unit washer dryer? I do. Oh. I got you. I'm just too lazy okay. to do it. You know. I'll bring mine over, <laughs> and I'll do yours too. Great. And I'll tell you all about my relationships. You can write a song about it. Perfect. All right, Haley, you have a royal decree for us. I I'm going to say something that may get me in a lot of trouble. Uh-oh. I think that Taylor Swift is uh, not that big of a deal. I don't know why we're talking about her everywhere, all the time, Ooh, constantly. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. Oh my goodness. I rest- uh, <laughs> Chris is holding up a Taylor Swift Eras Tours poster for those who can't see. Uh, Look. Okay. I think she's a very she's very talented. That's not to be questioned. Mm-hmm. You know what it is? It's her PR team. Mm-hmm. I, I just 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 go take a vacation for six months. I'm tired of knowing what's going on in your life. That's really what it, it is. Yes. It's not. I a, totally agree with her. what you're saying, but it's also our collective obsession with celebrity. It's not just her PR team. Exactly. Like she can't control all these fan accounts that are like Taylor Swift just walked out of this place wearing these shoes. Uh, Yes. But my social media is, I don't even, no offense to her. I just don't even really listen to her music that much. And I know every detail of what's happening in her life. Like it, I don't want to know. You know what I mean? Like it's the same way the Kardashians are on every billboard plastered over. It's like sometimes just go take a nap. Go take a Lyme disease nap in the nurse's office for like a good four months. And then we can talk about it later. You know? What a great full circle moment. Um, I'm really sorry. I'm about to get canceled. No, you're going to get subscribers. <laughs> no, you're not going to get canceled because you're, like you said, you're not, it's, you're not blaming her. No. It's her team. It's our obsession with celebrity. It's everything around it. And it's I actually think she's smart enough to know because I remember when 1989 came out, she was on the cover of Time. She was all over the place. And then all of a sudden she disappeared for a while. I was okay with that. And I think she knew. <laughs> yeah, I think she, I think she knew that she needed to do that. I think she's smart it's enough like, to know when, when she needs to dip out. I think after this era tours is done, she's going to dip out. We're not going to see isn't her Isn't it done? No. No, it's international now. And then it's coming back to the U.S. <laughs> I'm so sorry to break so it. I'm sorry. Tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I don't care about the football, dude. I don't know what's happening. I just like, I need a break. I need a, maybe I just need to get off my phone. Is really yeah, maybe it's it the algorithm. You just need a break from social media. Yeah. Maybe. That, I mean, so I'm sorry to all the Swifties out there. It's really no hate on her or you guys, but I just need a little break. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I hear you. Great Royal decree and a great guest all around. Haley, do you have anything coming up that, um, that you want to plug or, uh, where people can follow you? Uh, we can follow me on social media. I'm on, I love a TikTok. I'm all over TikTok. Great. But I'm on Instagram, Spotify, all that stuff. Uh, I don't have anything coming up because I don't have a job anymore. So if you need another guest, <laughs> No, I'm I'm around. I'm going to be working on an EP and hopefully I'll have some stuff out early next year, but um, TBD. That's great. Amazing. And for those who don't follow you already, where where on TikTok and Instagram? Oh, it's just my name, Haley Orantia, which is uh, H-A-Y-L-E-Y-O-R-R-A-N-T-I-A. <laughs> well, you're so talented and, and great that it won't, it won't be long before you get your next big gig. So we're all excited to see that. Also, I don't know if I told you this story, but I was doing a play a couple months ago. Uh, and Haley was in the audience and during one of the breaks, one of the other performers came up to me uh, and was like, oh my God, 
do you know Haley Arantia? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she was like, oh my God, I'm like so starstruck. The Goldbergs is our, my favorite show. She's like one of my biggest celebrities. And I was like, that's that's so cool. What? Yeah. And, and she was like, growing up, my mom and I were going through a really, really difficult time. And the Goldbergs is the show that like bonded us and kept us together and kept us laughing. And I just thought that was so special because there are times and I won't speak for you, Haley, but like when we're doing what we're doing, that it feels sort of silly or it feels trite or it feels un- unimportant. But what you do does have an impact on people. And it's something that is uh, that, you know, is very special. So uh, you've had that impact on people. Thank you. You know, they say don't meet your heroes because they'll disappoint you. But I, I have uh, been lucky to get to know you a little bit. And that girl is so has picked the right role model. You're such a sweet person. Thank you, guys. And to your parents listening, please subscribe. Please like, rate, <laughs> subscribe, comment. There, my I'm not giving them any context, by the way. Like they didn't, they do not don't know that I'm doing this. But I can't wait for my mom to be like, "Oh, I'm going to go tune into like the Royals of Malibu now and like see what that's about." And she's, I guarantee, she's going to clutch her pearls and she's going to call me and be like, "Oh, Haley, I didn't know they were into that kind of stuff." <laughs> and if you're not wearing pearls when you listen to this podcast, then I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Yeah. That should be the Royals of Malibu merch. You should sell pearls. Pearl, pearl necklaces. <laughs> um, what a treat. Haley, thank you so much for being here. Nick, uh, yeah, I guess you showed up too. Barely. Yeah, barely. Uh, tune in next week. We've got some more special guests, some more behind-the-scenes insights, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.